A magnificent Monday to each of you and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. All-Star Weekend is now behind us. And while it was an amazing experience overall in terms of John Morant and the uh, 75th anniversary celebration, a little bit of a lackluster overall outcome for John Morant in his first All-Star game. But why that's not necessarily that significant, what is significant is now with the All-Star Weekend behind them, the production of Desmond Bain and John Morant becomes even more important and talking about why it's going to be important with some major injury news when it comes to the Phoenix Suns potentially shaking up the top of the Western Conference a bit. That and much more. Here we go. Now here we go. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, one and all, to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having a wonderful start to your day. Of course, we want to thank you so much for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. Make sure you check out your second listen of the day, being the Locked On NBA podcast. All the great stuff from All-Star Weekend, plus getting you ready for the second half of the season when it starts later on this week. You can find myself at Stats SAC, the show at Locked On Grizz, the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, Wherever you choose to listen, it's free on all platforms. And right here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button below. Over 500 followers now. Thank you so much for the support. And we've just cleared 1,000 episodes in the history of Locked on Grizzlies. Certainly an historic week when it comes to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for your support. If you've been a long-time listener, thank you for being along for the ride. So many great things coming up in the future of this podcast, just as it is for the future of the Memphis Grizzlies. Also want to remind you of our title sponsor for today's show, which is BetOnline.net. Make sure you check out all the latest props, odds, and great features at BetOnline.net as you gear up for what should be a special few months when it comes to both pro and college hoops. But the NBA playoffs now less than two months away, and obviously March Madness on the college end. So the All-Star Game was last night, and, and just how awesome of an experience was it, especially coming off a, a very lackluster overall experience from Saturday night. Unfortunately, the slam dunk contest was once again just, you know, stuck out like a sore thumb. You know, for us Grizzlies fans, we had hoped that Desmond Bain had a little bit better results in the three-point shootout. It just was not there. But last night was absolutely spectacular. Now, I will say, and we'll get into this in just a moment, the overall performance from John Moran, nothing against his performance when he was on the court. There just wasn't much of him. Not as much of him as we certainly had hoped there would be, especially with him being voted in as a starter and being featured in the pregame festivities when it came to media sessions and when it came to marketing, so on and so forth. We had hoped that John Morant would be a bit more of a focal point of the game. It just unfortunately did not work out that way. But before we get to that, let's obviously discuss, though, in general. I know that the 75th anniversary of the NBA really did not involve that much directly to do with the Grizzlies, just simply because the Grizzlies are one of the new franchises in the league. We obviously know that John Morant is probably the best talent that we've ever had in franchise history, and, he, and this is only his third year in the league. So the Grizzlies did not have a lot of direct impact 
on the overall celebration that was the 75th anniversary of the league. But regardless of that, how magnificent was yesterday? Seeing all of the legends interact, be in the same building, all the video clips, all the different experiences that we got to see from different clips and different interviews and, you know, just what we saw, obviously, during the All-Star game. All those things combined were just absolutely magnificent. No matter how much, no matter how old you are or how much experience you've had with the NBA or to what level of a fan you are, these were the best of the best that have ever played the game. Unfortunately, a few were not able to be here, obviously, because they have since passed. You know, obviously, who stands out more than anybody is Kobe Bryant. Some were not able to make it due to other obligations that they had going on. But the collection of talent, especially seeing Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and others to LeBron and others, even, even the the, uh, the KG-Ray um, um, Allen um, interaction that was, want to call it petty, you know, want to call it a, a bit negative, sure, but just so many different levels of fun and just surreal feelings from having all of these greats in one place. And to see John Morant being involved right after they introduced Michael Jordan, seeing the camera go to John Morant to do a scripted, you know, segue into the next segment, it was unbelievable to see. So just in terms of many of us, you know, Memphis again is one of the cities in America where basketball just means more. Basketball has a higher level of significance in Memphis overall in terms of, you know, the fabric of the city than it does in most places. And so if you're a fan of the Grizzlies, you're likely a fan of the NBA as a whole. So just to see all this collection of great talent being celebrated at once, it was a magnificent experience. And what about the game itself, right? 163-160, Team LeBron, or 163-161, Team LeBron on a final shot by LeBron James, getting the win again for very, very fantastic reasons. The winning proceed the written the winning proceeds going to very good causes, but just some spectacular performances. Steph Curry, probably the most dominating performance we've seen in All-Star Game history. 16 threes, 50 points overall. He could not make the final shot at the end that he wanted to. You know, there was a clip that showed he was trying to get an idea of what the overall point total, what the highest point total was that had been scored in a playoff or in an all-star game. He wanted it. He wanted that distinction, especially in Cleveland, but he just couldn't hit that shot at the end, but it was LeBron who, storyline-wise, it couldn't have been better scripted than that, who hit the shot in Cleveland to win his team the game. Now, obviously, Steph wins MVP, but some great performances from Fred Van Fleet, Devin Booker, Joel Embiid, and others. But, of course, the thing that stuck out for many Grizzlies fans is the fact that John Morant, six points, three assists. He had some of the better highlights of the night when it came to the dunks that he got from Trey Young, but overall over 18 minutes played for John Morant. Players like Chris Middleton and other reserves, who if you put these 24 players together, those players probably were the 19th, 20th lower overall selections to these teams if you were to rank them. John Morant was a starter. John Morant was voted in as one of the top vote-getters. John Morant was a featured member of the pregame festivities. He was a featured focal point of this game. And for him not to be out there in the fourth quarter, when the game is on the line, when everybody's focused on the game being played, it was a bit of a disappointment. I honestly think, yes, he should have been out there. He earned the right to be out there with the other starters or with the other most significant talents in the league playing out this game to determine who would win. Now, I think a couple of factors did come into play. 
I do feel as if Eric Spolstra, who was head coach of Team Durant, I think he probably just felt the lineup that he had out there was going to be the lineup that gave him the best chance to win. And, and the, let's not let's be honest, the guards that were out there, they certainly were being productive. I think that that is, you know, there's sense in that. I still don't let that get in the way of putting John Morant out there with him being the attraction he could be and giving him chances to be that attraction. I don't think that you should take away from the entertainment value that is the All-Star Game to pursue the strategy of a win. I think I don't think that's what the All-Star Game is for, but I can kind of understand where Spolster is coming from. I also feel that John kind of got lost in the shuffle a bit. If you look at the team that he was on, you had Trey Young, you had DeJounte Murray, you had um, Lamella Ball, you had uh, 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 Devin Booker, you obviously had Jaw himself. The thing that I'm getting at is you had a team that was loaded with guards. And unfortunately for Jaw's case, he kind of got lost in the shovel because when those guards were in, they were productive. You know, perhaps Jaw was a bit too unselfish. Perhaps he should have been a bit more selfish, should have created a bit more for his own. When the ball got to him, should have done a little bit more to create the highlights, to create the opportunities that many of us were hoping to see. I'm not meaning that as a negative towards Jaw. It just seems like that that may be something to take into consideration in future All-Star games, that every opportunity you get, make the most of it for you. And that may not have been that important to Jaw last night. He said in the post-game press conference, I really wasn't giving that much energy, more focused on the second half of the season. So, you know, I don't think it's really anything significant that Jaw's over, overall performance last night may have been a bit less than we had hoped. I truly do feel that he should have been out there with the rest of the marquee talents in the final moments of the game when all eyes were focused on who would win. He certainly should have been out there. But the fact that overall his performance may not have been what we had hoped for, or overall he didn't play as many minutes as we had hoped for, at the end of the day, I don't think it's that significant of a thing. But I do truly feel that obviously this experience was great for Jaw. He got to be able to realize and experience what he has earned. He was able to take a step back and enjoy his accomplishments so far, but also get motivated to continue to make the most of them moving forward. And that's a big, big key that I think is going to show up even more in the second half. Desmond Bain and John Morant, they had their fun, their well-earned fun this weekend. They deserve to be in the spotlight and they shine in the spotlight on several occasions this weekend. But now, the ultimate focus, the only focus for those two in leading this team, especially the offense, is the postseason. And making sure not only are the Grizzlies in the best position for the postseason, but they put give every effort that they can to make this as special a season as possible. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we do, I also want to talk with you a bit about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar. That tastes like a candy bar. And listen, on any all-star team, you have 12 great options you can choose from. Well, at Build.com, you've got over 18 different great options you can choose from. Have it in the morning for breakfast, have it in the afternoon as a snack. But whenever you go to Build.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Again, go to Build.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. A really fun show for you tomorrow. It will not just be me in the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. We actually will be having a roundtable discussion. The top of the Western Conference, myself, Brandon Clean from, from Locked on Suns, David Locke, 
from Locked On Warrior, from Locked On Jazz, as well as Locked On Warriors, all together in one spot, the top four teams in the West, discussing the outlook of the rest of the season. I'm going to be honest with you. I showed a bit of swagger because I represent a team that has earned the right to show their swagger. But tomorrow, instead of Locked On Grizzlies, you'll get a Locked On Roundtable discussion. The top of the Western Conference, how does the rest of the season look for the four teams right now? at the top of the Western Conference. It'll be a special edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast for you on tomorrow's episode. But now we know that Desmond Maine and John Morant have experienced All-Star Weekend. The breakout of Desmond Bain this year, the ascension of John Morant into being truly one of the best talents in the NBA now and moving forward, they have been rewarded for their efforts. They were in the spotlight. They had several big moments in the spotlight. Their accomplishments were celebrated. They, if you want to call it, got their flowers, whatever have you, they were able to take a step back, really get, really soak it all in just to how awesome their production has been this season. How awesome it is to be on the same stage as many of the best talents in the league, their peers, and be able to enjoy a weekend of not relishing their accomplishments, but just enjoying the recognition that their accomplishments earn. Well, I can tell you this, now that that is passed, I'm excited to see what is to come. Because I'm not saying that the All-Star game being on the horizon in the first half of the season, I'm not saying that's something that distracted Desmond Bain or John Morant, that it took away from their overall focus of being what they can be in this season. It was something to work toward that both of them did an excellent job working toward all season long. But imagine now that they've been working towards a championship, they've been working towards getting better, they've been working towards making the most of their opportunity. Now that the All-Star game has passed, we're going to get a likely elevated focus, a likely elevated performance, a likely elevated overall effort with making this season as special as possible and especially pursuing a championship. That is the sole focus of this team. It has been all season long. Again, don't get me wrong. But now that we're past the All-Star break, everything that the Grizzlies are working toward now is being in the best position that they possibly can be for the playoffs, but also doing what they need to do to advance in the playoffs. On tomorrow's roundtable discussion, I discuss what the Grizzlies are doing well in the regular season, but how there are going to be other things that they need to do well to advance in the postseason when regular season basketball turns into something a bit different when it comes to the postseason. And that starts with John Morant as well as Desmond Bain. Again, it should not be ignored that in the Western Conference, each of the top four teams are driven by their backcourt. Their best player on the team from each from each team is in the backcourt, at least arguably. You have a complimentary player or two who make each of the four teams at the top of the Western Conference have perhaps four of the top eight overall backcourts in the league. Again, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, um, Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole thrown in there, D- Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, and then of course John Morant and Desmond May. Those four teams are led offensively, at least, by their awesome guard combination. Again, four of at least the top 10 guard combinations in the league. So if the Grizzlies truly want to make the most 
of this season. If they truly want to not only make the playoffs, but have the ch best chance of advancing, they're going to have to consistently get the performances from Jaw and Bain that we have seen many times this year. When we see have seen Jaw and Desmond Bain be able to uh, put together get wins on the road against Phoenix when they scored over 60 combined points, when they scored over 55 combined points to beat Harden and Durant in Brooklyn. We know they're fully capable of the type of performances that they'll need in order to get the job done, in order to make this season as special as they want it to be, to become a true championship contender. We know they can do it in one night, but can they consistently do it on any given night? And then you've got the addition of Dylan Brooks as well, who last year in the playoffs, he's the one who stepped up with y'all on the perimeter to really at least somewhat to an extent make the series against the Jazz a bit more exciting. But if you've got Jaw and Desmond Bain, who are consistently and effectively doing the heavy lifting on offense, now when Dylan Brooks comes back, that allows for him to complement on offense, but then also fully focus on being one of the best one-two defensive tandems with Jaron Jackson Jr. on defense. That's what stands out as the big thing to watch out for in the in this second half of the season. The Grizzlies' ability to have Jaw and Desmond Bain be the deciding factor in as many games going forward as possible. And then that putting them in the position to be able to match up and match up effectively against any other guard combination that they'll face in the playoffs. That is going to be a huge advantage for this offense. But the other byproduct of the consistency of Jaw and Desmond Bain playing at a high level together is that when Dylan Brooks comes back, he may not have to do as much heavy lifting on offense. He can complement those two with his shooting along with Jaron Jackson Jr. from the perimeter, but then the heavy lifting of Jaron and, and, and Dylan can be done on defense. And it maximizes the potential of the Grizzlies' best offensive combination in Bain and Jaw and the Grizzlies' best defensive combination in Dylan and Jaron, it allows for those duos to be at their best, to be solely focused on where they make the biggest impact as a duo. Again, for the Grizzlies, all season long, it's been one part of the roster doing their job to make it easier on the rest of the roster to do theirs. That, once again, shines through. Without a doubt, John Morant certainly has deserved all accolades, all recognition, absolutely was a slam dunk as an all-star starter. Desmond Bain deserves all the recognition that he does as being one of the biggest rising stars in the league and now one of the best shooters. They've received that recognition. They've received that accolade. They have experienced, and rightfully so, the spotlight that comes with how special their efforts have been this season. But as awesome, as important as those accolades were this weekend for both Bain and Jaw, it pales in comparison to how much they both want to be significant factors in a championship contender or a team that can at least put itself in a position to win a championship. So the individual honors, the individual recognition were special. They were a great experience. They should not be forgotten. They were everything that they should have been, and hopefully there will be many more in the future. But for now, the sole focus is, again, putting on the best performances possible, as consistent as possible, to be a true championship contender. And if Jaw and Desmond Bain 
can consistently perform at a high level to where we know that they can play like a top five backcourt in the league. If they can consistently do that and get in a groove of doing it by the time the playoffs come, if Dylan Brooks can come back healthy, if Jaw and Bain are doing what they have the capability of doing consistently on offense, that provides a better opportunity for Dylan and Jared to solely focus on what they can do on defense. And there's not many teams out there that are going to have the ability to offer the combination on offense of John Bain or the combination of Dylan Jaron on defense. And that's what's going to put the Grizzlies in the best position to make the most of making this season as special as possible. But some other news yesterday certainly came to light that could shake up how things look, the outlook for the Western Conference as whole. Maybe not as much as some might think, but it's worth discussing the Chris Paul injury news, we'll discuss that and how it could impact the Grizzlies moving forward. But before we do, I want to talk with you a bit about BetOnline.net, the title sponsor for our show. BetOnline.net is a great source because whether it's pro and college hoops, whether it's you know UFC, boxing, whatever you, what have you, from all the latest odds, to- totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. The great thing is, is that it remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcast news this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device, BetOnline, where the game starts. Of course, we want to thank you for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day again tomorrow atop of the Western Conference Roundtable. We recorded the show before the news of Chris Paul's injury came to light. But as you'll see from me and others, that is certainly a point that we looked at. If the Suns are going to make the most of what has been an outstanding season for them so far, they're going to have to have a healthy Chris Paul in place. Now that that may not seem to be as much of a possibility as one might think, it could open the door for teams like the Warriors, like the Grizzlies, and others. Check that out. And then on Wednesday's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, we'll discuss the second half. What does the schedule look like? Where could there potentially be either successes or struggles? And what in particular should the Grizzlies be focused on when it comes to rounding out their remainder of the schedule? That and much more on tomorrow's edition, or, or on Wednesday's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So yes, The news that I am referring to is the fact that Chris Paul has basically, a, a, in some way, shape, or form, a broken thumb, and he will be out now six to eight weeks. Now, that time frame basically brings him back at the start of the playoffs. However, it could potentially put in jeopardy his availability for the first round of the playoffs. Now, let's be honest. The Suns right now are six and a half games above the Warriors. They are eight games above the Grizzlies. The Suns have played 58 games so far, and they're basically on pace to win 65 or so games this season, maybe even more than that. The Suns have been the best team in basketball. Without Chris Paul, though, They are much more on an even playing field with the Warriors and the Grizzlies and other teams like the Nuggets or so that could get healthy by the time the playoffs come around. At the end of the day, though, in terms of Chris Paul's injury potentially making the number one spot up for grabs, I I personally don't see it. The Warriors are six and a half games behind the Suns, and the Grizzlies are are eight games behind the Suns. The Grizzlies also have played 
the second highest number of games in the first half of the season than any team that's in the top 10 of the Western Conference. Only the Clippers, who have played 61 games, have played more. So that just simply means the Grizzlies have less opportunity to make up ground, though they do have the easiest schedule remaining in the NBA. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'd rather the Grizzlies take advantage of the fact that they don't have as many games as other teams, take advantage of the fact that they should focus on getting as healthy as possible, getting as much chemistry and effectiveness and consistency as possible. I'd rather them focus on those aspects of things than really trying to push for the number one spot in the Western Conference. That's just me personally. And I think with the distance that is between the Grizzlies and the Suns right now, that probably makes the most sense. But where the Chris Paul injury does potentially come into play is, does this now potentially make it to where whatever first-round matchup the Suns have, could this make the Suns have to go further into their series if Chris Paul is unavailable for the first few games? Could it make it to where the Suns are not as effective or they're going to have to work harder in a first-round series? That certainly is something to watch out for because if that's the case, Regardless of what potentially happens on the Grizzly side, you do have one of their biggest obstacles to a Western Conference or even a finals run. You have that team now not having as easy a road as, as there is in front of them. Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't this isn't like this isn't the same as if John Morant for the Grizzlies was out six to eight weeks, where you had a young team who was by far losing its best player and a young player in John Moran who would be coming off an injury without much previous experience. Chris Paul has done this time and time again. He's come back from major injuries late in the season before. So in terms of his turnaround time to need to get back to full 100% or get acclimated or what have you, I don't think it's going to have to be that long for him because of the experience that he has. But again, this does bring to light the fact that Chris Paul's ability to stay healthy throughout an entire season is certainly something to question. The last two times, and I mentioned this on tomorrow's show, the last two times Chris Paul has truly had an opportunity at a title, him getting injured played a role in his team not being able to take full advantage of the opportunity that was ahead of them. And that seems to be a higher chance of happening this time around, now with him likely missing the rest of the regular season. Sure, he could probably come back, be just fine. He actually, it may work out to where since he decided to go ahead and have the, get it taken care of now, he could actually be even better than he was before if he's been playing with the injury for a while. But... You could also potentially see his risk of getting re-injured be higher since he already is injured. Now, I'm not sitting here saying we should wish an injury on any player. But at the end of the day, that's part of the equation that plays into the playoff outlook for top teams in either conference. And it certainly could play into the Grizzlies' favor if for some reason we see the Suns without a 100%, without a Chris Paul at 100%. Now, it's very likely that this probably does not impact the Grizzlies until the Western Conference Finals if the Suns stay in that first spot. But if the Grizzlies can get a first-round matchup that they like and they can make easy work of whoever they play, I don't think that's really going to happen. I think the Grizzlies' first-round matchup probably goes six or seven games. 
But at the end of the day, while the Chris Paul injury may not have as much of an impact, may not shake up as much of the top of the Western Conference as many might think due to the wiggle room or the or the level or the um, room for error that the Suns have right now with how big of a lead that they have, while it may not change things up that much in the regular season, it could certainly impact things for the positive for the Grizzlies to really make this a special season if they were to get past the first round, and then they were to find some way to defeat the Warriors or whomever in the second round. So that's a key thing to watch. A big thing to watch across the Western Conference moving forward is which teams are going to lose significant players to injuries. And you hope to whomever that that's not the Grizzlies. But also, which teams are going to get, be getting players back? Which, in the Grizzlies' sake, that is Dylan Brooks. In the Warriors' sake, that's Draymond Green. In the Nuggets' sake, that's Jamal Murray, as well as Michael Porter Jr., in the Lakers' sake, Anthony Davis. In the Clippers' sake, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, if they both come back. The storylines in the Western Conference, the biggest storylines possible, are going to be which teams potentially lose players to injury, but even more importantly, which teams get them back. And the Suns right now are the team that's losing somebody major, while many other teams are getting somebody major back to hopefully put their chances in an even better position than it is now when it comes to playoff success. So much to watch out for, besides obviously the Grizzlies games themselves, but a lot to enjoy and potentially there being even more of an emphasis of the Grizzlies being in the best position it possibly can be health-wise and effectiveness-wise effectiveness when it comes to their play. What an outstanding weekend it was. What a great opportunity now for the Grizzlies to use that momentum to make the most of a second half and getting off to a great start. Tomorrow, Instead of Locked On Grizzlies, you'll get a Locked On roundtable discussion from all four of the top teams in the Western Conference. And then on Wednesday, we'll do a second half of the season outlook before the Grizzlies get back into action on Thursday. Until then, have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast.